more space, I get the bed I write. Oh, never I write, but if ever I write, I need the space to say whatever I like. Now just change Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast. It is a new week, unfortunately not a Victory Monday, but we're still going to bring all of our analysis, insight, and entertainment to the good Pewter people watching this as we try to wrap our heads around what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are doing as a football team on offense, defense, and special teams. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my fellow co-host from PewterReport.com, the face that runs the place at our favorite website, SR, Scott Reynolds. And Scott, you know, we're a little over 24 hours since the Bucks lost 21-3 to yeah. to the uh, Carolina Panthers. And I still think we have a lot of questions without really understanding the answers, whether it's, uh, you know, at left guard whether it's Mm -hmm. what's going on in the secondary with all the injuries there's a lot of things to really get into on this on this show today yeah there really is and and i feel pretty good about this show too bad if if i don't say so myself i i feel like this is probably the best peter report podcast we're going to do so for everyone that's tuning in congratulations you're part of history Uh, it it feels it feels pretty good even though even though it's not a victory monday even though you know we're feeling pretty bad about what's transpired over these last couple of games, especially a pair of losses to one win football teams in Pittsburgh and in Carolina. Uh, appreciate this comment here. Oh, I was going to put this up. Sorry. From, <laughs> from Willie Beam. And the only thing that's supposed to be three and four is our defense. That's good. That's a good comment. <laughs> that's funny. Appreciate Nicely that, done, Willie. Right off the yeah. bat. Like it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, definitely. So yes. Are, are there changes coming to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, we can talk about a couple changes. We can talk about left guard, and we'll talk about offensive coordinator today. And then we'll answer any questions you guys have, too. Uh, Super Chats always catch our attention. Just a little hint, a wink, and a nod. And uh, at the same time, we'll also try to try to grab some other questions in there. And, and you might remember, we do this thing on Mondays, Matt. We do it around 420, where we, you know, we we – talk about something we kind of opine about a, a topic and Matt, I'll let you have the floor today for two, three minutes. So you, you can um, educate and entertain us with your brilliant uh, reporting as, as we do roll call, roll call. Where are you at Peter people? We have so many awesome fans that are kind enough to take time out of your busy day to watch or listen to yeah. the Peter report podcast. We have awesome people in the chat. Giovanni, I see you with that $5 super chat. We'll get to yeah. you in yeah. just a moment. But we want to so know 420. where 420. That's 420. Yeah. yeah. At 420, we want to know where you guys are watching from because we have awesome fans all over, whether it's the state of Florida, the United States of America, but we got great international fans as well from Brazil to England, Germany, all over the place. Uh, you know, Finland as well. So we want to know where you guys are watching from. Uh, put it in the the comment here, kind of like just what Damien did, but do it at 420. Uh, don't do it just yet, but let us know where you're right. watching from. We'll put it up on the screen as uh, we get into the show and, and our yeah. rants. So uh, looking forward to that. And of yeah. course, man, I don't, <laughs> there's so many things to really get into. And, uh, you know, yeah. before we talk, before we put up Giovanni's comment again, appreciate you, Giovanni. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Celsius, the presenting sponsor yes. of the Peter Report podcast. doesn't matter if you're in a bad mood right now because of how the Bucks are playing. You have a Celsius, it'll boost your mood because it gives you that boost of essential energy. Seven essential vitamins in these Celsius energy drinks. It's the healthy version of an energy drink. No, you know, sugar crashes later on, keeps you going throughout the whole day for a work day, a workout, whatever it may be. Of course, the flavors are fantastic. As you see on the screen here, you got the Arctic, tropical, and peach vibes. There's also sparkling kiwi guava, sparkling orange, sparkling grapefruit. Uh, peach sparkling peach mango as well, which is fantastic. And of course, where can you get these Celsius energy drinks? Go to their website, click on the store locator, find out where you can get one near you. There's got to be a bodega nearby or a gas station or convenience store. Uh, You can go there. Bodega. But if you don't want to go to your nearest bodega, that's all right, because you can go on Amazon, save some money and have it sent straight to your house or apartment. You can set it up. Whenever subscribe and save. Subscribe and save. It's very easy to do. 
It's very convenient as well, just as long as you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. That's uh, Celsius hashtag live fit. Uh, Celsius, the presenting sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Uh, let's get to that super chat from our let's friend Giovanni. Really appreciate it. Let me find it here. Giovanni is, uh, is, is you know, venting. And you know what? If yeah. you want to vent, that's totally cool. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll put it up on the screen as well. Uh, he says, horrible loss. Only silver lining is that the rest of the NFC, except the East, have their major issues as well. That's right. I trust TB12 to turn it around, hopefully. That's a really good point. I mean, if yeah. we just look at the, the the NFC South division in itself, everyone's dead right now. Like, yeah. there's just beat the Bucs, but I don't think the Panthers are really going anywhere this season. Right. Saints yeah. are an absolute mess. And the Falcons, who seem to be the one team that has a chance against the Bucs to win the division, obviously the Bucs beat them a couple weeks ago, their last victory so far this season, they got smacked around by the Bengals yesterday. So it's clearly a wide-open division. And I saw some people online, in the chats, uh, everywhere being like, we should start tanking to get a better draft pick because Brady's going to leave. We should start trading players. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that should be the case. You're still in first place, even though you have a atrocious three and four record yeah. after losing back to back to one win teams. You're right. still fighting to make the playoffs. It's not over yet. The, it's the not sky over. No. is falling a little bit right now, but it hasn't it, completely it, crashed. Into it the might ground. fall a little more on Thursday. We'll see. You know, I'm just yeah. saying it's like <laughs> I'm done picking the Buccaneers to win. I'm just going to say that. I mean, they're going to lose to the Ravens, mark it down. And I hope that, you know, uh, Murphy's law kicks in and they end up winning because I said the opposite. So, but yeah, it, it's, it, it's bad. And listen, as Todd Bull said yesterday, it's a dark day and it's not today because today, you know, they got back to work. The, the good news is what we learned is they're not going to have any practices this week whatsoever. It's going to be walkthroughs. So no players are going to get injured this week. Um, hopefully knock on wood, unless something happens in the walkthrough. So they're a little banged up right now, especially in the secondary, Matt, you've got, uh, what we figured was going to be the case, Antoine Winfield going to miss this game. He's got a concussion. It didn't happen on this play right there, but there's Winfield. And so he's going to be out. You've already got Logan Ryan out. Carlton Davis probably out. Sean Murphy Bunting will be out. So that's that's a lot of defensive backs. That's a lot of good talent right there. A lot of those guys contributed to the big win in New Orleans and contributed with yeah. some takeaways, Matt. And that's one thing that has been scarce over the past three games. As a matter of fact, the Buccaneers have not recorded a takeaway for three straight games after starting off the year so hot in that department. That's something that absolutely has to change because that th- that could be the spark. That could be the momentum turning thing that you could set up the offense in a short field. I don't know. Score on a pick six. Get get some yeah. some interceptions. Might be the only the, way they'll reach the end zone. The Mike Edwards way, exactly with the pick yeah. six. So, yeah, I'm with you. That that's that's something that has to change. I did see a comment in here. I want to get to that because uh, we have a, we have a couple of videos to show you here. It should show until today. Uh, let me find it here. It was. Why don't the they run? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say why, why don't they run on. A quarterback sneak on on third and one and fourth and one. That was what it was. I can't find out those. I'll put it up. But let's let's just go to to um, a, a little little uh, video clip here, and because uh, we're going to talk about Luke Gedeke, and we're going to talk about uh, 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 Nick Leverett, and and we're going to get into that in a second from what happened at the press conference. But th- this is kind of of, a, of an idea of why they don't run quarterback sneaks, right? Just just look at, at Gedeke, left guard, Robert Hainsey, the center, Shaq Mason, the right guard here. And this, of course, is third and one. Um, and you see the penetration. They just don't have any power in the interior. There's no Ryan Jensen. There's no Ali Marpet. I'm going to play it again. This is third and one at Carolina. Remember, they tried the third and one quarterback sneak in, in Pittsburgh and got stuffed. Very similar thing. They just can't get any movement, right? I, I like Shaq Mason as a guard. He's 305, maybe 310. He's not six foot six, 325 pounds like, like Alex Kappa. Ryan Jensen's a tone setter. He's 320, 325 pounds. Robert Haynes, he's about 15 pounds lighter. Gedeke is, is a rookie. He doesn't knock it off the ball as fast as Ali Marpet. Watch the play again. You can just see 
This is third and one, and they even tried to run behind Shaq Mason and Tristan Wirfs, but the backside just collapses. Nobody blacks, uh, nobody blocks Shaq Thompson. Look at Shaq Thompson, number seven on this play, right? He's going to come here. Kate Otten and Coquipter are going to double team the the edge, and then you've got Shaq Thompson who literally just comes around and says, "Oh, hey, Lenny, what's up? You're not going to get this first down." And you know that's it. One more thing, we'll look at at the, at the backside of this play. Look at at uh, Kyle Rudolph, number eight, on the very left of your screen here. Okay, you got to make this block for the backside. Just doesn't have the speed. His guy knifes in. Get a keys guy blows him up. It's it's a cluster, you know what? So and and that's the scary part is that they wanted to run it to the right side. They as, did. You, know, yep. you called out Byron. They listen. They wanted to run it. They listened, but work. still the backside could not execute. Whether it was yeah. Kyle Rudolph, whether it right. was you know Luke Edicky, and right. you know the Bucks lined up a lot with three tight ends on the field, and it doesn't prove, work. It doesn't it didn't make prove sense. anything. It Let's watch it one more anything. time. We're going to quickly count the Panthers in the picture. I already know the answer, but we're going to do it anyways together. <laughs> One, two, three, One. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There's eleven Panthers within what? Uh, outside of the free safety, there's there's ten Panthers within five yards yeah. of Leonard Fournette. Okay, you don't That's have the, the power to run power. You don't. Okay, and at this point, why not go four wide receivers? Get teams out of goal line or base defense. Go to nickel. Go to dime, right, and, and try to spread these guys out, and then have your 240 pound back run up against the light box, or have Rashad White, who's more slippery with better vision, you know, find a crease. But when they're boxing everything and getting it all condensed, it's actually aiding the defense. They've been trying this week after week after week, and that's why I I called for for Byron Leftwich to be fired because the same problems that we've seen, Matt, dating back to the preseason have plagued this team. Short yardage, third downs, red zone, lack of scoring. When you go from 31 points against Kansas City to 21 points against Atlanta to 18 points against a one-win Pittsburgh team and three points against a one-win Carolina team, that's not progress, as I said last night on the show. I want to, I want to know where the invisible progress is that Byron Leftwich is seeing that we're not seeing. Because remember in the press conference, he's like, I see it. But y'all don't see it, but I see it. And I'm like, well, well, tell me. Tell me where this invisible progress is. Because all I see is the scoreboard you know, going down on, on every Sunday. I, I mean, the only thing left, because you can't go negative. They won't let you have negative points. The only thing left is a goose egg on Thursday night. I hope to God that doesn't happen. But, I mean, we're trending that way. Byron's saying that, you know, the invisible progress, as he talked about, that's like if you're going into a job interview and they're like, what would you, what ideas would you have for the company? You say, I have a couple of great ideas that you guys will absolutely love. And they're like, all right, let's hear it. And you're like, well, you got to hire me first before right. I give you, before I give you the, uh, right. the ideas. It's like, all right, you're saying all this, but it means absolutely nothing because right. we're not seeing them getting better. And I don't want to hear, you know, Todd Bowles has mentioned this before, like last week, guys had a great week of practice. You know, they're really practicing hard and it's just not translating from practice into the game. You absolutely cannot have that anymore. Yeah. It, it's never acceptable, but right. especially now again, losing to these two one win teams. And then you look at, we've been calling it for weeks now to please spread out the offense, yeah. put, make the defense, put another, nickel corner or just take a linebacker or a defensive tackle off yeah. the field and they're not doing it yeah. you said yesterday the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results well right, right. now the bucks offense is insane and not in the good way of like yo this team <laughs> right. is insane they are scoring points <laughs> scoring crazy points right yeah dude, it's insane no they are like needle lobotomy type yeah. of like just not not working right now and yeah it's really frustrating because it is. They have the talent on this team, even with like a banged up, <coughs> excuse me, a banged up like Chris Godwin, who's clearly not 100%. Right. When you still have Mike and Chris, you should be able to move the ball and score efficiently and score in the red zone. And it's been the same thing, thing from week one to week seven, going week. And you said in the locker room today, we were like, oh my God, like we're already halfway through the season. This season is yeah. starting to fly by. And we've seen no changes. From the right. offense, it's been all regression, as you pointed out, with all the points, and we haven't really seen too many changes with the defense. You could argue yeah. the defense has gotten worse. 
as yeah. the calendar moves along. And it's supposed to be the other way around. You're supposed yeah. to be okay, so-so in September. And then October, November is when you really kick it into high gear. But this right. team is just in reverse at the moment. No, you're you're right. You know it it, it is, and it, and it's disappointing. And and again, I, I'm I'm just looking at this realistically about the defense, and I'm not making excuses. And and even even Todd Bowles said today because I got I kind of asked him about it, I kind of gave him the floor and, and see, uh, you know, did your defense try to get out there and and just make something happen and kind of play hero ball and get out of some gaps and and all that? And he basically just said, no, it's like. We just got to play all four quarters, and they really do. But football, Matt, is is complimentary. And I've been on enough teams coaching or playing to where when when your defense is just giving up seven every single time and the offense goes, oh, my God, crap, we got to go out there again and score another frigging touchdown. Like, we can't stop anybody. It's demoralizing. And it's demoralizing the other way, too. When you're out there getting stops, getting stops, getting stops, and, and all of a sudden the offense goes out there three and out and they got to punt the ball and they're not getting any points. And all of a sudden, right before halftime at seven, nothing, the defense is like, man, like what is going on here? Like we, yeah. can we, can we buy some points? Can we bribe somebody? I mean, it's, it's demoralizing and, and, and it's, it's not good. Complimentary football is offense goes out and scores defense goes out and either gets a stop or takes the ball away, gives the ball back to the offense. They score again. That's the ideal thing. And this is, just not happening at all. There is no complimentary football in Tampa right now. None. And we have that hero ball question loaded up. So we will play that right now from Todd Bowles. And then he also gives an injury update as well. Yeah. Rather than make a tackle. Did you see any of that on film where guys are trying to play a little bit of hero ball rather than sticking to their assignments and playing sound fundamental football on defense? No, I didn't. You know, it's a team game. We don't pit offense against defense regardless of what we do, whether the offense is playing well and the defense isn't or vice versa. We win as a team. We lose as a team. We could have done some things defensively to help us win. We could have done some things offensively to help us win. Are there any updates on some of the guys that got injured in the game? Antoine, Russell, any updates there? Uh, Winfield has a concussion, so he's in the protocol, likely to be out. Uh, the other ones coming around, we'll see. Russell's got to get his MRI back, so we'll see what happens there. Your third down offense. You know, I, I can't even blame the, the Bucks defense for, like, wanting to try to be a game-breaker or, or take the game over or at least yeah. take the ball away because when the offense is doing what they're doing, as you pointed out, we talked about it yesterday. They were down 7 nothing. It felt like 75 yeah. nothing. And so, yeah. you know, it's – and they're not going to get it done on special teams unless Ryan Suckup turns into an MVP return man. But they're not going to, like, make a splash play <laughs> – with Jalen Darden returning. So it's going to be on the defense to do something heroic to, to yeah. not, to, no pun intended to the question itself, right. but neither side is really helping each other out. No matter how, how you slice it, what way you look at it. It's yeah. um, it's just bad football all around really is what it is. Yeah, it, it is. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I like the fact that they at least kind of, you know, un understood that Luke Gedeke does not need to be the starter every down. Now, I mean, we saw them platoon Luke Gedeke and Nick Leverett. And I'm going to show you a, a great block by Nick Leverett. Uh, this is Rashad White's run up the middle right behind Leverett. I mean, this is what it's supposed to look like, folks. This is Nick Leverett, number 60, left guard right here. Watch watch the, the double team with Haynes. He gets to the next level, Beautiful. seals him, and then gets to the linebacker and seals him. This is quick. This is athletic. This is like right off the bat, boom, boom. And 29 just follows 60 right through the hole, right? It's, it's a nice big game. Let's watch it one more time here. And I don't know why the coaches don't see that Nick Leverett is better than Luke Edeke and, and stick with him. And maybe they will. Maybe it'll take one more game. I know they're committed to Luke. At some point in time, though, you've got to, to say, uh, we want to develop this guy but it can't be at the expense of our of our offense. And right now it kind of is. It's not that Luke Edeke is is the only problem on Tampa Bay's offense, but he's been a big problem. It's and, and it's a and it's a glaring one. It's a really yes. glaring pr problem that you see in multiple times and how it's hurting this team in in more ways than one. And I just don't understand what we're all missing. Like what is the coaching staff seeing? Outside of Luke Edeke is a second round pick and we have to, you know, develop him. Matt, I just I, don't I, I feel a rant coming on from you, and it's a perfect time for that because it is time 
It's 420 on Monday, and every That's Monday right. we do it at 420. It is time for Roll Call. Tell us where you're at, Peter people. Everyone in the chat, comment here. Tell us where you're watching from, whether it's here in Florida, maybe it's over on the West Coast, maybe it's international. Start putting in the comments uh, where you are watching the Peter Report podcast from. I'll start talking about this offensive line situation at left guard, and Scott will put the comments up uh, on the screen as we get into We'll playing video a little bit. Too. Uh, Scott had asked Todd Bowles about Who's going to be starting at left guard for Thursday night's game against the Ravens? I asked about the continuity of the offensive line because the Bucs, I don't know why they've decided to do this thing with Luke Gedeke and, and Nick Leverett switching guys in and out. At first, we thought it was for an injury. We found out later that Luke Gedeke did get a little banged up, but clearly he wasn't so banged up that he couldn't play the rest of the game. But as I was saying before, I don't understand what we're missing that the Bucs you know, coaching staff sees where Luke Edeke has to get back into that game. Nick Leverett got a PFF grade, and let's just say PFF isn't the end-all, be-all of everything, but their stats are important trying to help out context and, and, and figure out certain things. Nick Leverett had a grade of over 80. Luke Edeke had a failing grade once again. It's not the first time that's happened to him this season. You just saw the video right there that Scott played where Luke Edeke, uh, not Luke Edeke, Nick Leverett does a great job of getting his man at the line of scrimmage, going up to the second level, going up against that defender, and it helps spring Rashad White into that second level, which we didn't see too much of. I don't want to hear, oh, they have to develop Luke Edeke. Because you know what? I don't care if Luke Edeke develops and it takes him a while and the Bucs keep losing every single week. What would you rather have? Nick Leverett in the game and the team continues to win or the team continues to score three points, 18 points, less than 20, less than their tops of the league last year, 30 points per game. Would you rather them continue to look like they do right now just so Luke Gedeke can get a couple of reps and uh, his feelings don't get hurt? No. You need to have Nick Leverett in the game and it's even worse if you're going to put one in, take one out, do the hokey pokey, put in another left guard. It's just absolutely Even though I don't want it to be Gedeke, stick to one or the other. Yeah. Don't go back and forth. It's bad for the entire offensive line. How do you build continuity that way? And sure, you could say, well, it's just like if a, if a person gets injured. Well, you have different things going on where you communicate even when you're not on the field. You know, when you go back to the bench, and you say, hey, this guy's running this play, or hey, if they stunted to the right side, you got to do this, or whatever it is. There's always constant communication yep. going on. It's easier when it's just the left guard and the left tackle, Donovan Smith. It's a lot tougher when Leverett's in, when Gettys right. in, and they keep going back and forth. And Leverett talked about it too, where he said it's kind of a challenge when you have guys keep going in and out. It just can't happen. And to play both of these guys is just asinine. You don't see it around the rest of the league. It's not like the running yeah. back position where you can get both guys on the field at the same time. It's just not the case. And saying, well, it was a close competition, so we're going to keep this competition going yeah. in the middle of the season when right now your season's on the line because, right. you know, heads are going to roll if they put up a similar pick one Thursday night. Yeah, pick one. Pick one. And roll, I care. I, I, I'm going to go with, with Nick Leverett right now. I'm just going to say too. I'm going to give I'm going to give him a shot, but that's not the case. The other thing, too, is get a key had a walking boot on after the game. So he got nicked up. And what Todd Bowles said today, the story's up on pewterreport.com, was you uh, he he's gonna start get a key if he can if he can go and then rotate Leverett in and make sure that uh, you are checking out our content. We've had a lot of great content up this year and this week, uh, pewterreport.com, best bucks coverage, my two point conversion, Matt, your your snap count analysis, Bucks Monday mailbag. Paul Atwell had some great observations from the yep. game last night. Most impressive, most disappointing from the game. A, a ton of, of content coming your way this week. On a very short week, we've got Byron Leftwich tomorrow. Ooh. And Tom Brady. <laughs> and uh, and you want to make sure you follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Peter Report. And, of course, here on YouTube, Peter Report TV. Make sure that you are are subscribed to Peter Report TV and that you're liking all of our videos because when you hit the like button on all of our videos, whether it's the press conference clips Matt puts up, uh, the Tuesday touchbacks with JC, the Peter Report podcasts, 
all of those things. When you do the thumbs up, it helps our algorithm, helps us get in front of more awesome pewter people like you guys. We greatly appreciate it. Let's hear uh, Todd Bowles with that question about the starting left guard position and just all the chaos that has come with it. Yeah. And what's the plan for Thursday at the left guard spot? So both very physical. Uh, both are neck and neck going, training camp going into the season. Obviously, Luke won it out. Leverett's earned some playing time, so we started getting them some in there. Luke was nicked up a little bit as well, so we got Leverett a little more time. But they both fought hard and played hard. We just got to get better. Which one at this point in time, and maybe it depends on how Luke's injury is, but are you leaning towards on Thursday? Well, if Luke's injury is fine, he'll start, but Leverett will play. Other video as well, Bowles talking about the continuity. If there's a concern about moving these guys in and out, uh, if that could be an issue for the offensive line. It starts with a question about Rashad White, but you know what? Fans love Rashad White too. So. They do. An increased role or even making him running back one at this point? Not running back one, but he should get some more plays. We've always talked about it every week. Uh, he does some good things with the ball in his hand. He does some good things when he's out there. Obviously, Leonard's a great running back as well, so we've got to find a happy medium and have both of them touch the ball. Todd, it's one thing if you're taking a player out because of injury, but are there any concerns if you keep switching at left guard that it could hurt the, the continuity of the offensive line? Not at this time. You know, not at this time. We, we're trying some things that we think can work for us, and I don't think it will. Todd, the, the last three. Some things that I think will work for us. Yeah. How many other teams rotate in their left guard? Well, I remember last year the Falcons rotated in their center, right, in that Atlanta game and because they had two centers and they, they were putting each guy in there, which is the craziest thing. I mean, if you're going to rotate somebody, make it a guard. I get it. but Yeah, center is the worst. Idea. Yeah, they started having bad snaps and all that because you want that continuity. That just was baffling. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of the rotation on the offensive line. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. Pick one. I would would go with Nick Leverett at this stage of the game. And again, nothing against Luke Gedeke. I'm not damning Luke Gedeke. I'm not saying he's a bust. It's just hearing him last week, Matt, talk about the the challenges, the struggles he's having going from right tackle to left guard where everything is opposite. Footwork, hand placement, punch, right? I mean, he's right-handed, so he's he has to punch with his weaker hand, right? And, and Robert Hainsey who's starting at center now due to the injury to Ryan Jensen, had the entire year to benefit yeah. from a red shirt where he didn't have to play. I think they put him in for a total of 30 snaps, at you know a couple snaps at the end of the Bears game, the Dolphins game, right? these blowouts. He was in at the end of the Carolina game in week, uh, week 18 last year, right? Getting a handful of snaps here and there, getting his feet wet. But Matt Hainsey had a full-year development behind the scenes without the pressure having to go out there and go against pro bowlers. And they're not doing that for, for Gedeke. And, and it's like I, I know that that they have a second-round pick invested in him and they want to get a return on investment and they want this guy to develop, and that's going to happen more so on the field than on the sidelines. I get that. But at the same point in time, if you said it was that close with Nick Leverett, Right. And that's Todd Bowles' words. It was neck and neck. Okay. Well, one guy is the worst guard in the NFL, and that's Luke Edicke. So maybe give the other guy a shot and see if he's better. And I liked what I saw from Nick Leverett on Sunday, and I want to see more. Gedeke even said last week that, you know, the, the change from the right to the left side and all the different punches, as you mentioned, he started riding with his left hand because he thought it would make himself like a yeah. little more comfortable. And it reminds me of something Tristan Wirfs said about a week or two prior to that. They asked him, because obviously Tristan plays right tackle, but people in the past have said, why don't they move him to left tackle? He's their all-pro player. And Tristan said it's so different going from one side to the yeah. other. It's like if you just started wiping your ass with your other hand, right. that you don't normally do <laughs> exactly. it. With. I was like, wow, that's yeah. a very detailed uh, right. explanation there, but it kind of makes sense. A uh, shout out to Leo. Thank you for the $5 super chat says the worst thing you can do for an O-line is rotate players. I have massive issues with what Bowles said today. Bowles is showing zero accountability. I think he's being accountable. He's, yeah. he's not, he's not running from, from the challenges that they have. At the same time, too, you have to understand something. This is an organization, okay? This is as much Todd Bowles' team, but it's also Jason Light's team, 
Jason Light is the general manager. It's his team. He hired Ty Bowles, right? So th- these are players that Jason picks and Todd coaches, and Todd has some say-so in this. And I'm not trying to give Todd a pass. Don't, don't misconstrue what I'm going to say. Todd Bowles came on the scene as the head coach on March 30th. Yeah. Okay. That was the, the big switcheroo. Matt, you and I were, were down in, in West Palm Beach getting ready to yeah. talk to Bruce Arians at the NFL owners meeting. He wasn't there. He was there. He went home. Then the next day we come home, we find out, oh, there's going to be a head coaching change. He's retiring. All of a sudden, Todd Bowles is the guy. Matt, that happened on March 30th, two weeks after the start of free agency. Okay. And, and yes, Todd Bowles has coached with these coaches before. It's all been part of the staff. I'm not sure, certainly now, if Todd Bowles necessarily wants all these coaches, especially on offense. You know, we'll see. Let's let's talk a little bit about this because, you know, I, I didn't ask Todd Bowles today about Byron Lefwich and all of that because I got some intel that they're not going to make a change this week. Now, that change might happen if it's going to. The time to do it is after the Thursday night game, right? It's just yeah. creating too much chaos. It would, it would, it would be like you know putting a, a little bomb in the locker room, right? Oh, we've got Lamar Jackson and the Ravens coming in in essentially four days. Oh, and by the way, we're we're changing offensive coordinators. It makes more sense if you're going to do it. If you're Todd Bowles and you're going to do that, to do it after the Ravens game and give Byron maybe one more shot to see if he can conjure up more points than three or 18 or enough to beat the Ravens. But then Matt, you have a couple of days, right? Cause you have that, that essential mini bye weekend mini bye. to have this person come in and you can't make any wholesale changes. It's going to be tweaks and, and play sequencing, right? The, the playbook's not going to change, but some of the candidates, right? If you're, if you're going to make that particular move, you know, who would be some of those candidates? Well, the, the in-house guys are, you know, you look at, at Harold Goodwin, right? He's, he's the assistant head coach. He's the run game coordinator. It probably not going to be him because the run game is the thing that's not working well at 30, all right now. 32nd in the NFL. So, I, I think yeah. that's bad. I'm mad. Correct me if I'm wrong. The math 32. Yeah, that's bad. 32. Yeah. All right. So probably not going to be him. Then you've got Clyde Christensen, right? This is the quarterback's coach, a longtime Bruce Arians assistant, dating back to Indianapolis days. He has play calling experience in Miami, was offensive coordinator in, in Indianapolis, you know, with Tom Moore was there. And, and then you've got uh, the, the 2001 season when he got his first offensive play calling role in Tampa Bay when Tony Dungy threw a lifeline his way. And that didn't really work out too well, right? So Clyde Christensen, but he does have the rapport with Tom Brady as the quarterback's coach, so there's that. But then you have to look at it if you're Todd Bowles. You know, is he part of the problem? Is he is he in lockstep with Byron Leftwich? Is this going to be more of the same, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Garber is, is a, a guy we've talked about a lot. If Bruce Arians, if, if Byron Leftwich was, was the head coach in Jacksonville, if he would have left this offseason, there's a good chance Kevin Garber might have been that guy to be the offensive coordinators the wide receivers coach up and coming guy very well thought of uh, by Bruce Arians for sure now Bruce isn't the coach anymore see this this is a different different story here right so Kevin Garber is another guy that would probably be considered the wild card in all of this we've talked about him before too because Bruce Arians also spoke very highly of Dad Lewis he's the assistant wide receivers coach right so the thing with with Dad Lewis that's interesting he's a former NFL backup quarterback, played quarterback at Duke, very smart guy, very cerebral guy, um, maybe almost kind of like the the Todd Bowles on the offensive side, just super smart, very observant guy. Um, He's newer to the team. That might work in his advantage because you've got all these guys, Garver and Leftwich, you know, and Christensen that have been in this Bruce Arians system and scheme. And, of course, everybody there, even Thad Lewis, knows the plays, right? They know the playbook. And you're not going to deviate from it too much. But when we're talking about imagination and creativity and some of those new wrinkles that you can install during the week that really aren't being installed, maybe if Bowles wants to go in a completely different direction for a fresher perspective, he goes with Ad Lewis. So those are kind of the options. Lewis, Christensen, right? Tom Moore is too old. He's not going to be the guy. Bruce is not going to come out of retirement. 
Uh, you know, we talked about Christensen, and then uh, you know the other guy is is uh, is Harold Goodwin, right? I mean, th- those are probably the likely candidates. You know, we'll see if Todd Bowles makes a change. We'll see what happens on Thursday. If if this team comes out and puts thirty up points on the board all of a sudden, then Todd Bowles might press the pause button and say, maybe we're figuring this thing out. We'll have to see. There were a, a lot of choices there. Another thing that you could have a lot of choices at is deciding which Pirate Republic beer you would like to drink. Of course, Pirate Republic is the official beer of pewterreport.com. They're based out of Nassau, Bahamas. And they're invading Florida just in time for the football season. Uh, beer brings people together to celebrate life. That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original Pirate Code. That's a sense of belonging. Pirate Republic is a community of people living life on their terms. The Long John Pilsner is perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. Take No Quarter is the best IPA you'll drink. Or you could drop an orange slice in the hay by receiving with beer and enjoy that pirate life. Pirate Public beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area. It's expanding across the state of Florida. Live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic beer. As Scott is showing the different drinks on the screen here, that's the Golden Haze Belgian Piracy. Uh, sorry, Golden Haze Piracy Belgian Wit. Yep. And listen, you can't go wrong with, with either one. I personally, my favorite is the Long John Pilsner. But like I said, mm-hmm. I'm good with uh, I'm good with any of them. So make sure I you drank check all out. three yesterday. Yeah. I had one of each. <laughs> I needed one of each. Yeah, it needed to. Needed to. But uh, to and, get and, and listen, to... listen, folks. I, I was going to say this. Uh, there's there's a big display at the Wesley Chapel with Peter Report and Pirate Republic. Go in there and, and try some beer. I know sometimes we get caught up in the I'm a bug guy, I'm a I'm a blur guy, whatever, and, and that's okay, right? But I mean, it you, you could have your favorites. I've got you know my new favorite is Pirate Republic. That's for damn sure. But I understand if you have your your you know your steady you know beer your your um, uh, you know, your go-to uh, brew. I get it, but try Pirate Republic. All three are absolutely amazing. And I will say this, we've had over the years, some local breweries that, that wanted to partner up with us to be the official beer of Peter Report. And if I'm being honest, I didn't like their beer and I couldn't get behind it. And Matt, I'm not putting any words in your mouth. You're not paid to say this, but you love Pirate Republic. Matter of fact, our entire staff does. I get asked I'm all the time. I'm a huge fan. When do we get more Pirate Republic? So we and I, I have more Pirate Republic. So my okay. eyes lit up a couple of weeks ago. I was in Ebor at a New York, New York pizza, and I saw yeah. the fridge and I saw the Long John Pills there. My eyes lit up. I was like, get one of those. And I got it for everyone that I was with. So make sure yep. you check that out, Pirate Republic, the official beer of pewterreport.com. But to get back to the uh, the coaching candidates yeah. that you were just talking about. Yeah, on paper, like the Clyde Christensen connection with with Tom Brady, like absolutely would make sense. He's the one that's closest with Tom Brady. Um, But I hear what you're saying about the fact that, well, how different would Clyde be from what we're getting from Byron Lefkowitz? I think today's NFL, the schemes are a lot different. And obviously, Clyde knows the offense right now. But when he was calling plays, you know, you mentioned 2001. That was a long time ago. Right. So – you see now with the NFL different schematics and you know younger up and coming younger offensive guys, coordinators. Yeah. And yeah. you kind of could say, well, Byron's kind of a young and up and coming, you know, offensive coordinator. But if it doesn't work out with him, maybe you go to with Thad Lewis, someone that no one would really expect and has seen different offenses. You know, mm-hmm. that's something that I don't think necessarily hurt the boss right now because the offense that they're running, and I'm fine with Kevin Garver too, as you said, yeah. probably would have been the guy if Byron went to Jacksonville. Right. If you want to go with one of those two guys, at least it's a different look, seeing a different offense that um, other teams wouldn't expect. You mentioned you were on Ronnie and T. Krabs before, and yeah. you were asked about on the the fourth down they ran the pitch to Leonard Fournette, and it didn't. They didn't convert it. They got stopped. Right. And you said, well, they did it the, the week before against the Steelers. So that's why the Panthers were ready for it. Right. They just need to maybe not completely toss out the playbook, but you need to throw in different wrenches, wrinkles, whatever you want to call it. Things that teams have not seen before because yeah. the scouting department, which Larry Foote talked about, gets paid millions of dollars. Right. The scouting departments of other teams are seeing exactly what Tampa Bay that's is right. doing, and they're not mixing it up enough. A little counter here and there isn't enough mm-hmm. of mixing it up to uh, move the ball down the field because it clearly hasn't worked. I agree. 
Craig Chrisman, 499 Super Chat. Appreciate that. Appreciate all the Super Chats we've had today and also last night. Scott, is this situation now at Glazier level where they will force the hand of Todd? No TB12 next year. It makes renewals tough and a new stadium on the horizon. Um, I will say this. <laughs> the Glaziers and the Buccaneers, they roped in – uh, new season ticket holders to get yeah, two years did. worth of tickets. So it's, you're going to get one year of Tom and one year of Kyle Blaine, you know, Lamar Jackson next year. I don't know. I think they're going to make a big play for Lamar Jackson next year. I really do. Why not? not? He's yeah. an electric player. By the way, one last thing I want to say about Byron Leftwich, he's coaching for his job this yeah. week. He without question is coaching for his job. And if they had a Sunday game, he might not be in the building right now. So this is his last opportunity. It could be wild. You know, if they score 40, 45 points, that saves yeah. Byron Leftwich. Yeah, but you live to fight another day. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, exactly. So no one is yeah. more excited about a Thursday night game than Byron Leftwich this week. Right. And, and to the point about the Lasers, no, the, the Lasers are impatient owners. I've probably pointed that out more than anybody in the media. But if you look at their track record, right, I mean, and let's let's put some things in perspective. Two best coaches – in franchise history, not including Bruce Arians because he was only here for three years. He does he, technically he's the best. He's got the best winning percentage. You want a Super Bowl in one out of three years? That's pretty good ratio, right? So yeah. Arians aside, let's look at at Tony Dungy, who was fired after going ten and six and making playoffs for the third straight year. Okay, so so he got he got fired right after that record. John Gruden went nine and seven, and the Bucks went in free fall when Monty Kiffin decided to coach with Lane Kiffin. At Tennessee, the defense went south. The record went souther, if that's a word. Went from from nine and and um, uh, what nine and nine and three to nine and seven. Four straight losses in Dece- in, a, in a December to remember. And he had just signed. He and Bruce Bruce Allen had just signed four year contract extensions. So the Lasers chewed up a ton of money. They paid Bruce and John millions of dollars not to coach and be the general manager. So, again, that these are the Lasers we're talking about. Like they will fire you for for winning seasons, right? That's what what's what's happened. And Gruden, let's not forget, also got them their first Super Bowl. Fast forward to Raheem Morris, the guy that replaced John. He was fired after three seasons. His replacement, Greg Schiano, was fired after two seasons. Lovey Smith got two seasons and he was fired. And they even gave Lovey Smith a second year after his first year was two and 14. He was replacing Greg Schiano, who in 2013 went four and 12. So Lovey Smith won half the games, two and 14, yet he still got a second year, even though the Buccaneers didn't win a single home game during Lovey Smith's first year. Okay, so he got two years. Dirk Cutter got three years. So my point is, I don't think they're going to make Todd Bowles a, a one-and-done coach unless the Buccaneers simply don't win another game this year. They'd have to be in total free fall, kind of like what Raheem Morris uh, went through in 2011. Complete free fall. Started off 4-1, and one, then lost every single game after that. So that would have to be the situation for Bowles to get fired. They'll get Bowles next year. It'll start the year on the hot seat. And, and if, you know, I'm guessing he would make some coaches, some coaching changes to the offensive side at that time. So uh, we'll see. He's going to be around. I don't think that the play caller is going to be the same for the rest of this year and and probably not next year as well. Yeah, we shall see. And, and of course, with Bowles, there is still time to turn it around, too. You know, like they are. Yeah, yeah there is. But, yeah. Know. You know, yeah. if they end up going and, on a four-game winning streak, that changes a lot. Winning cures a lot. Yeah, the, the thing, too, is as we've seen it before. The Carolina Panthers, I think, were the last NFC South team. And I want to say they were 7-9. and nine. You know, and I and, I, and, this, and I, I remember which year it was. But they won the division with the 7-9 and nine record. And we've seen the Seahawks also win the NFC yep. West back in the day, 7-9. and nine. It might be an 8-9 and nine record that wins this division. But until the NFL makes some some changes, and I think they need to. But the thing is, is eight and nine. If if that's the winning record for the division, that gets you a home playoff game. Shouldn't be that yeah. way, I don't think. No. Because more than likely, you're going to have like a eleven win team coming to see you. That's probably better than you. I, I think the NFL has got to really readjust things. It shouldn't be so much of an emphasis on winning the division for an automatic playoff spot. Because you can have these 
fluky, faulty years where you have a team with a losing record winning the division and getting a home playoff game while maybe a 10 and 10 and 7 team mm-hmm. you know gets left out of the playoffs i don't know look at the 2020 season when they won the super bowl they played washington in the first week or the first playoff game i don't remember what washington's record was but it wasn't as good as tampa bay's record right and they went in there and, and defeated them i think the rule change you either have to get rid of you know the the divisions as it is, or at least just put in a rule. If the division winner has a worse record than the wild card team, then the wild card team gets the home game. If you want to agree the divisions and it's like the division champ gets into the playoffs, but yeah, I'm with you. If uh, you nailed it, the wild card is better. Yeah. Just switch it. It's a simple, it's a simple, simple uh, switch. You don't have to do too much to it. I I agree. You're because you're rewarding the team for winning the division. There's still that reward then, right? It's it's, you, you won the division, you make the playoffs, right? Maybe at the expense of some other team, but you don't get the home game. If in that matchup, right. uh, With, with the seating, if that matchup means you're bringing in a team that has a better record than you, it would default to that other team. And I think what that does too is, is that rewards teams for having better records, right? Shouldn't it be that way? I think it should. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Yeah. Without question. Harbinger asked, Scott, what are you going to ask Leftwich in the press conference tomorrow? I'm going to ask about uh, about spreading out teams, why why they keep going into bunch formations. Not Sorry, bunch. That's not the right word. The, the defense is getting all bunched up. They're going in heavy jumbo formations in too many short-yarded situations like this one right here where you see all of the Buccaneers in, this, in, in your screen and you see all the Panthers defenders in your screen. And they're just not creating any movement up front. And we've seen this way too many times. This was on third and one. And, of course, fourth and one wasn't much better. Tried a little toss outside. It didn't work. I'm going to ask him about that and trying to get some spacing going up against lighter boxes on third and one. And also, too, it gives, you know, where's Mike Evans, right? I mean, that's that's an important down, right? That's a third down, Matt. I'd like to see Mike Evans on the field, you know, and and maybe you can throw him a, a pass uh, or something. So I. I I'm asking him that I'm asking him what the thinking is and rotating the guards rather yeah. than just giving it to, to Nick Leverett because he was the better guard in his limited amount of snaps on Sunday in Carolina. And, um, you know, we'll see no logic, I guess I want <laughs> no logic. I want some good money this week. And I told everyone to smash Mike Evans over four and a half receiving yard uh, catches and over yeah. 66 and a half uh, receiving yards. Um, I did that, of course, on Underdog Fantasy, the yep. uh, another sponsor of the Peter Report podcast that we absolutely love. Uh, Underdog is the easiest way to get some action on the NFL. That's what their pick game. You just pick over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players, fill out, pick them, or the rival slip as well. That's always fun. Uh, Get every pick right. Take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog Fantasy. Even if you learn from Plantini Math, you know that's a pretty good deal. You can win up to 20 times what your bet is again use the promo code pewter at my bookie and of course at my bookie at underdog um and of course there is a game we listen it's not the best monday night football game i'm not going to sugarcoat that but that's why you go to underdog you you make these picks and it makes the game way more interesting so i'm going to tell you guys what i'm picking today or tonight for underdog i already picked it but the game is tonight Feel free to ride with me. Feel free to fade me if you think I'm an idiot and you think I'm wrong. Go against me. But, again, it's Patriots against the Bears, not the greatest matchup of all time. Here's what I'm going with. I I made four picks, so I can win ten times my money with this one. I'm doing uh, Justin Fields higher than eight rushing attempts. I'm doing Darnell Mooney lower than 45 and a half receiving yards. I'm doing Mac Jones lower than 28 and a half passing attempts. And I'm taking a uh, former Buccaneer great Nick Falk higher than one and a half. Buccaneer great. It's, it, oh, yeah, you know, the kicker. That's right. Yeah. 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 He was really bad. I just think, uh, you know, the Bears offense 
is almost as bad as the Buccaneers offense. So Justin Fields likes to scramble a lot. So I think he's going to get those rushing attempts. Arnell Mooney, because, you know, the Patriots have a really good defense. They're not going to be completing a lot of passes. The Patriots get that lead. So they're going to run the crap out of the ball, which doesn't have uh, Mac Jones throwing it a ton. And, you know, the offense of the Patriots is good, but it's not great. So I think two field goals is very much in reach. So those are my picks for underdog fantasy. Ride with me, fade me. Just uh, make sure you're going on underdog fantasy. Once again, the promo code is pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. So we've got a a short week here in terms of preparation. But uh, in in case you don't know, we're not going to do a a podcast tomorrow. We're going to stick with our schedule and have a podcast on Wednesday. That's going to be our Ravens preview. Now, we will have... Byron Leftwich and Todd uh, and uh, Todd Bowles, uh, Tom Brady uh, at the podium tomorrow. So make sure you stick uh, stick tuned, stick tuned, stay tuned, or stick around for our great stories on PeterReport.com because we will have some post post uh, press conference uh, from that. And then on Wednesday we're going to have our next Peter Report podcast at four o'clock. That's going to be the preview, and then we're going to have obviously the game. And uh, we're going to be at the Wesley Chapel walk-ons. And we were there on Sunday, had a great time. Uh, Leighton Carter, one of our longest uh, subscribers back in the day and supporters. Yeah, he was, he was there and uh, we want everybody to show up. 6.15 is what time we're going to take the air for the Celsius pewter report tailgate show and that's live with john gilmore the former bucks tight end myself and jc allen will be there that starts at 6 15 that's going to carry you right into matt matera casey hudson live in-game analysis pewter game day for the bucks and ravens 8 15 on thursday and then and of course there's our promo for the pewter report tailgate show presented by age rejuvenation and that means we're going to have a post day day after game pewter report podcast on friday we usually don't do podcasts on friday but we're going to do one on friday because there's a game on thursday then we're taking the weekend off but there's going to be plenty of great content i'm already working on some stories for this weekend i've got some stories coming up for tomorrow we've got our pewter predictions and preview on wednesday but we're gonna have great content and game coverage all week long yes we will absolutely and uh one last thing want to talk about real quick um, with Antoine Winfield Jr. being out, the bank in the secondary, and it's eerily reminding me of last season. <laughs> good question here from Emily. What happens if we actually look good Thursday? We'll give the Bucks some praise for beating Absolutely. a uh, solid Ravens team. Yeah, yeah. W- without question. But um, the secondary reminded me of last season when they just had so many injuries that you know Richard Sherman had to play after three practices, and then he got hurt like a week later because. He didn't have enough time to get ready. So not totally sure whether or not Carlton Davis is going to be there or be yeah. available for Thursday. Antoine Winfield Jr. is likely going to be out. That's what Todd Bowles said this week. Right. So we're talking about Jamel Dean as cornerback one, rookie Zion McCollum as uh, as quarterback two, and he struggled last he week. We I actually asked Larry Foote about that today. So going to need a bounce back from him. And, you know, Depth at safety now is a huge issue because you have Mike Edwards and Keanu Neal, and that's about it. You got a rookie in Nolan Turner, but I don't think the Bucs want to run into a situation where it's uh, it's an all-rookie secondary. So that's definitely a big, yeah. big question uh, heading into Thursday night's game. So I'll just play a quick video of Larry Foote talking about uh, Zion McCollum and issues that the defense have had with Allowing scores late. So let's hear from co-defensive coordinator Larry Foote. With these last three weeks, it's just been empty. Well, we had a few opportunities uh, up front. You know, we got to get them third and long. Quarterbacks want to, you know, hold the ball and try to push it downfield so we can get sacks and uh, pick the ball off, of course. We had a couple opportunities, not a lot, but we got to get the ball out. You know, in this league, if you, you know, you create turnovers, chance of you guys winning goes up. Coach, what was your assessment of uh, Zion McCollum in his first career start and his third career game? He had a couple of rookie moments. He had a couple of rookie moments. Uh, I shared a little story with him my rookie year and the older guys, you know, they wanted me off the field. It comes with it, but uh, 
I really challenged him how you gonna respond this week and uh, just growing pains as a rookie. And uh, you can't get around it, but you gotta you know keep his confidence and uh, come back fighting. You talked about. And another thing I want to hear about right now is age rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. All right. I've got a confession to make here. Uh, I've been telling you that I'm 50, but I'm actually not. I'm 35, but I feel 50 because this team is aging me. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, I'm aging as, as I watch this team and I'm getting older. No, I'm kidding. I am 50, but here's the thing. I, I felt 50 earlier this year, ever since, I've gone to age rejuvenation like my good friend, John Gilmore, who is uh, with us on the Pewter Tailgate shows uh, every game day. Um, I, I feel younger. I really feel like I'm 40. I feel like I'm 10 years younger. The first thing I noticed was I was sleeping better at night because I've not been sleeping well for years. Haven't had a lot of energy for years. Should have done this years ago, but I got the testosterone therapy at age rejuvenation. I started sleeping better. Then I woke up. I had more energy. I didn't need two Celsius a day. <laughs> um, sometimes uh, I'll partake, but uh, and I love Celsius having in the morning, but I, I literally needed to uh, just to get through the day because I didn't have any energy. So go to Age Rejuvenation, lose weight, feel great. You might have seen Age Rejuvenation as the new sponsor for my Fab Five column. They're, of course, the presenting sponsor for the Celsius Peter Report tailgate show. And as I told you, myself, John Gilmore, and my wife, Ashley, we are Age Rejuvenation clients. So that's right. They even do age rejuvenation hormone therapy for women too. And it's different, of course, it's formulated differently. Uh, but it, it makes a difference. It really does. It's something I wish I would have looked into years ago, like 45 rather than 50. Low testosterone, it, it's normal. It happens in, in most men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. It's nature. It's nothing to be embarrassed about or hide from. It's just your body just doesn't produce as much anymore as you get older. But with the testosterone therapy, you can fight that and feel younger, get back to how you used to feel back in the day. And visit agerejuvenation.com, five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you and uh, lose weight, feel great, and actually get better sleep at night too. That's that's an added bonus for me. That's right. Yeah. Who doesn't like having a good night of sleep? Uh, before we get out of here, just real quick. Thank you, Daniel, for the four ninety nine super chat. If you super chat us, even late in the show, we will make sure we get into it. Yeah. Uh, he says, "How come Light isn't getting any blame for this debacle? Mm -hmm. Almost every veteran free agent signing has been a whiff. Plus, did nothing to improve the offensive guard yeah. spot. We've what? talked a lot yeah. about how they took a they took a gamble with a lot of veteran guys that do have an injury history." And yep. it's kind of blown up in their face with that. And they thought they were improving the offensive line by drafting Luke Gattaki, but that hasn't right. worked out either. So they tried right. to improve the team. They did take some risks, and mm -hmm. maybe they thought they were calculated risks, but hasn't worked. Yeah, and, and even a couple of years ago, my SR's Fab Five column, the lead was the, the Bucks free agents, the newcomers really, uh, not so much the rookies, but we'll give them a pass. But the veteran free agents, Matt, I mean – I, I called them out like they're they're not really stepping yeah. up and doing much. Right. And so I, I did say that it is fair. I do think Jason Light overall has done a, a really good job as a general manager. And we, we can spend the whole show going through all of his positives. But he's he's not without blame. <laughs> he's not perfect. Right. And and this is one of those things. Kyle Rudolph, Julio Jones, you know, they're not helping the team. Right. I mean, Akeem Hicks, he's hurt. Logan That's Ryan, right. he's hurt. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's it, it's not good. Right. And and you are which which your players uh how they perform right and the the guys they mentioned aren't playing or if you're Kyle Rudolph you're getting beaten out by two rookies you know the personnel department has let this team down but at the same time this personnel department did build a super bowl winner and they're going to have a bigger challenge on their hand moving forward in 2023 when Tom Brady probably won't be here and you know we'll we'll see and we'll keep an objective eye uh, on on the the personnel department and on the on the coaching staff to see how this team rebounds. But first things first, 
Got a big game coming up on Thursday. We got an even bigger show coming up on Wednesday at four o'clock. We invite all of you to be there to uh, to Peter Report TV on our YouTube channel. Make sure you're hitting the like button and the, and the, give us the thumbs up. We appreciate it, uh, Matt. I I think mission accomplished. Even though the Buccaneers did not have a victory Monday, it was a victory Monday for us. This is the best show we've ever yeah. done. It has. It has been. It's an honor to be a part of history with you and everyone watching and listening. So uh, yeah. appreciate everyone. And for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying we will see everybody on Wednesday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.